Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Aberdeen Standard's U.S. Small Cap Quarterly Update Podcast. My name is Joe Summers, and I'm an advisor consultant here at ASI. Joining us today is uh, Tim Skengileski, an investment director with the North American Equities team who managed the U.S. small cap portfolio for ASI. Tim will discuss the current landscape for small caps, as well as expectations for the asset class for the second half of 2021. Tim, welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Great. Thanks a lot, Joe. Happy to be here. Tim, to start off, could you provide us with a recap of what you saw in the market during the second quarter as it relates to small caps? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. It was, uh, you know, happy to say uh, for our client's perspective, it was another positive quarter for the Russell 2000 with the index finishing up just uh, above 4%, uh, extending year-to-date gains to just over 17%. Um, within this, um, good from a stock picker's perspective, there was a good amount of sector dispersion with the communication services sector up just over 32%, uh, now that largely due to one stock AMC, um, and energy up 21%. And then then on the downside with rates heading lower and yield curve flattening, you saw utilities, industrials, and financials were the primary laggards during the quarter. Now, there's a couple things at play here, I think. I think the markets obviously uh, was continuing to get a boost from that the strong pace of COVID-19 vaccinations, the helping with the U.S. economy reopening, and really a view that all of this, um, you know, positive news will flow through to strong earnings growth when we have second quarter earnings here in the next few weeks. I think there was just also just a generally positive tone from management teams across industries as they went out and spoke to investors and spoke at conferences. And, And again, I think the market expects that will translate into strong earnings growth in the second quarter and and hopefully an increase in full year guidance. Um, We did see two big shifts during the quarter that has actually continued into the third quarter here, um, primarily style and size. So from a style perspective, um, what we found interesting is that after lagging for much of the quarter growth rebounded in June due in large part to that, you know, tech strength and and growth finished roughly in line with value. So, you know, while market uh, prognosticators were making so much of this kind of value renaissance late last year and early this year, growth saw a pretty strong comeback. So that's something we're continuing to keep our eye on. And, And then from a size perspective, you know, small caps did give back some performance to their larger cap counterparts uh, during the quarter, and that's continued as we moved into the third quarter. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, kind of that sector dispersion um, that I mentioned with some of the more cyclical areas of the economy or cyclical areas of the market lagging. Um, Russell 2000 has more exposure to those areas as opposed to kind of, you know, tech, which was very strong during the quarter and, and where there's more exposure in the S&P 500. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And then as we got into the third quarter here, you know, with the rise in COVID cases and the view that maybe we're in for a tougher market environment, I don't think it's surprising to see that small caps have continued to lag in early part of the third quarter. And Tim, the market appears to be harboring concerns around increasing inflation. Do you share these concerns and what do you believe will be the ultimate impact on the small cap asset class? Yeah, absolutely. I I think, you know, while we're at the end of the day, bottom up stock pickers, I I think to dismiss what is occurring from an inflation perspective would be a bit foolish on our part. 
I think the concerns are obviously grounded in, in reality. Um, you, you know, you've seen this rapid easing of restrictions is leading to, you know, pretty significant bottlenecks in the labor market. Uh, management teams across industries that we speak with are, are noting that it's difficult to find workers. And, and that's everything from low-skilled jobs to more highly-skilled jobs like pro, programmers. Definitely, um, you know, inflation from a wage perspective. And then the second thing that you're seeing is that increasing demand as the economy has reopened, this increasing demand um, pretty much everywhere in the economy has led to supply shortages and supply chain issues. And that's, you know, manifested itself in higher prices for everything from semiconductors to lumber to used cars. So, so the, the concern in the market, I, I guess the question then becomes, you know, what does that mean, you know, at, at the company level, at the fundamental level? Um, you know, obviously the concern is that obviously that margins will be pressured as companies need to absorb much of this cost inflation and ultimately potentially with higher prices, we could see negative demand impact. So it's, it's it's definitely something we're monitoring and speaking with our companies about. We haven't, you know, kind of seen that in the numbers just yet, but a, a lot will be um, learned as we get into second quarter earnings here in, in the next few weeks. So I think we're still taking a somewhat optimistic view that you know, inflation should coincide with stronger domestic growth. So revenue growth will benefit from a healthier economy and we could see kind of strong operational leverage from higher higher volumes coming out of the cycle. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what can you do to kind of uh, combat inflation or, or how can you protect yourself from a portfolio perspective? It's, it's really all about focusing on companies with pricing power who have the, the power to pass on these costs, either because they have differentiated products or strong market positions or things like that. So really, as we speak with our companies, it's really understanding what impacts they are seeing and then also kind of trying to better understand which are best position from a pricing perspective. And Tim, you touched on earnings growth. Can you dig a little bit more into earnings growth and what specifically you're expecting small caps to deliver and how that compares to large caps? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in short, earnings growth outlook is very strong. I mean, if you look at the economy in, in, in purely GDP terms, uh, the expectation is that we'll surpass 2019 levels this year, which I think is far sooner than we expected, you know, as we thought about it in the middle of 2020 or late 2020. So, so that's good. And then when you look at the actual, uh, you know, the earnings growth expectations that are embedded in consensus uh, estimates right now, um, these numbers kind of change, in, you know, by the week. But the expectation is that small caps will be able to grow earnings year on year in the kind of 50 percent plus range in 2021. And that, and that compares to about 30 percent uh, for large caps. So you're seeing kind of much stronger earnings growth for small relative to large. And then when you also interesting to look at is when you compare 2021 earnings relative to 2019 figures, you're kind of well ahead um, where you were a couple years ago. And, and again, it's stronger for small cap. And, and I think the earnings estimates have been accelerating at a stronger pace for small caps so over the past several months relative to large caps. Um, so that's all good. But I, ultimately, I, what I think um, you need um, in order to keep the markets moving higher uh, is really a, you know, a view into 2022 earnings and what that's going to look like. I think it's probably a little bit too early to get that um, this quarter, but ultimately investors will start looking towards next year to, to the sustainability of the strong earnings growth that we're seeing coming out of the pandemic. 
And lastly, Tim, could you give us some concluding thoughts on your outlook for small caps for the balance of the year and into 2022? Yeah, I think I think we always have to take it in in two parts, you know, fundamentals and valuation. So from a fundamental perspective, I think the outlook remains quite positive, notwithstanding the kind of the weakness that we've seen here in July and the kind of nervousness that a lot of investors have around increasing COVID cases. Uh, you know, first and foremost, continued vaccine progress, continued benefits from stimulus has created a very favorable demand backdrop, and that's translating into accelerating GDP growth. Um, I think the stronger economic growth is manifesting itself in significantly accelerating earnings growth at the individual company level. And, and again, as I just mentioned, um, for small caps, it's a significantly outstripping growth for large caps. Um, and notwithstanding the inflationary impacts I, I talked about earlier, we do expect companies to report good results in the upcoming second quarter reporting season and really be in a position to raise full year guidance. I think the other thing that is important to know from a small cap perspective is, is that the M&A markets remain very strong and that, that typically bodes well for small caps and services as some valuation support. Um, so, so that's good. I mean, obviously, a strong fundamental backdrop is an important precondition for a, a positive outlook. But then the, the question obviously becomes, is, is all the good news priced in or, or are valuation supportive of further market gains? I think clearly, you know, multiples, even though they come in a bit this month, multiples are elevated. There's no denying that. But I, I think it's very important to recognize that we're at the beginning, we think, of a true acceleration in earnings growth, which could last for several years. Um, clearly, earnings need to catch up, and as I said, that's why we'll have a keen eye on what's, what earnings growth looks like in 2022. But even with the stronger growth outlook, um, we've always been pointing investors to that, that valuation disparity between small caps and large caps. Small caps valuations remain at a significant discount to large caps. So I, I think in total, we think about stronger growth, attractive rel relative valuations, and the strengthening M&A market all favor shares of smaller companies. So I, I think you could characterize us as positive on the prospects for the out, uh, asset class. Any other trends that you're currently following for the asset class? Yeah, I think ESG um, continues to be top of mind. I, I think that's um, that ESG is becoming uh, more prominent, more of a focus for investors is probably a, a significant understatement. But I think, you know, from our perspective, um, when ESG um, and ESG considerations started coming to the forefront a, a few years ago, um, it, it felt to us a little bit like small caps um, got a pass, so to speak, with the view being that, you know, the businesses are smaller, um, somewhat less mature, um, smaller companies really didn't have the, the financial wherewithal or resources um, to focus on you know, ESG management, reporting on ESG issues, um, communicating their kind of key ESG risks to investors. But, you know, as this, um, for good reason, as um, ESG considerations have become more prominent and more important for investors, um, uh, investors have started to look at smaller companies and, and have the expectation that they're focused on these risks and really they're investing more to report on them and, and really kind of manage their key ESG risks. So it's something we engage with um, companies a lot about. It's something that investors care a lot about. And I think the companies that are kind of putting resources behind this and investing in, in, in reporting are going to be better, best positioned going forward. 
Tim, thank you for your insights into the U.S. small cap asset class, and thank you to everyone who listened in today. If you have any questions or need any additional information, please don't hesitate to call us at 866-667-9231. We look forward to having you join next quarter's installment of the ASI U.S. Small Cap Podcast. Thanks again and have a great day.